Chapter Twenty Six of The Haunted Hangar by Van Powell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Twenty Six: The Race. Judged by the theory they had worked out, the action of the men in the amphibian indicated that they were flying away with something they had found. If they had given up so soon, Dick mused holding his head low to avoid the icy blast of their high position. If they'd given up, Jeff would go straight to the hangar again. But they're going across Long Island Sound toward Connecticut, just as the unknown person in the hydroplane boat did with the other life preserver. Larry, holding speed at a safe flying margin so that the sustentation or lifting power of the air was greater than the drag of the airplane as it resisted the airflow let the nose drop a trifle let the engine rev down as he glided to a lower level where the air would not bite so much they would be able to follow quite as well dropping behind just enough to keep the line of distance between them as great as if they were higher and closer over the amphibian with his glasses, Dick could observe and indicate any change of direction or any other maneuver. They had devised a hastily planned code of signals, very much like those used by a flying school instructor giving orders to a pupil where the Gosport helmet was not worn. Dick, watchful and alert, lowered his chilled glasses, and Sandy, keeping watch, saw his right arm extend straight out from his shoulder, laterally, to the airplane's course. Sandy repeated the gesture after attracting Larry's attention by a slight shaking of the dual control rudder, which was still attached, but which, on any other occasion, he had been careful not to touch. Left arm extended. Turn that way, Larry murmured. Gently, he moved the stick to lower the left aileron, bringing up the right one, of course, by their mutual operation. Rudder went left a trifle, and in a safe 45-degree bank, he began to turn. Almost instantly, Dick again removed the chilly glasses, stuck his arm out ahead of him with his forearm and hand elevated, and motioned forward with the wrist and hand. The signal was relayed by Sandy. Resume straight flight. Larry getting the message correctly reverse control brought the airplane back to straight level position on the new angle and held it steady rubbing up his engine and lifting the nose in a climb as sandy gave him dick's sign hand pointed straight upward to climb what in the world are they going to do he wondered have they discovered us dick pondered the possibility i can't guess this one sandy muttered they started to turn one way then went on only a little off the old course, and now they're coming up toward where we are. The problem was not answered, either by the continued gain in elevation or by the later change of plan. They're gliding! Dick, as he made the exclamation, gestured his arm toward the earth. To Sandy's signal, Larry cut the gun, keeping the throttle open just enough to be sure the engine in that chill air would not stall, and with stick sent forward, and then returned to neutral, imitated the gentle glide of the amphibian. 
what it meant none of the three knew any better than did the half-frozen caretaker who wished very sincerely that he had never come sandy sandy dick cried as loudly as he could they've done a sharp turn they're going back home i think larry did not need to have the intricate signal relayed nor did he wait to be told his passenger's deduction their own manoeuvres had given him a clue with the first change of direction and the following indecision that showed in the amphibian's shifts of direction larry spelled a change of plan on the part of its occupants the resulting glide enabling his chums to speak above the idling noise of the engine indicated a similar possibility in the other ship jeff and mr whiteside were talking over plans he rightly decided that they had recalled sending the caretaker on a foolish errand they must get back and make some explanation or he would suspect them perhaps report to somebody else they could not know that he was shivering crouched down in the last place of jeff's own airplane now for a race larry muttered almost automatically moving the throttle wider as he prepared to alter their course it came to him swiftly that this would be both a race and a complication not only must they get the airplane back to the golf course and set it down and have its engine still themselves being hidden before jeff flew over it furthermore they must get to the hangar and be somewhere near the field when jeff brought home the amphibian or they would never know whether he and his companion had found anything or not larry had to do a little rapid mental arithmetic to avoid being sighted and identified when passing the amphibian the airplane must cut inland instead of making a bee line for the golf course that would make the return to their objective form a rough letter l in the air however at the far end of its flight the amphibian must turn inland a similar distance to fly over the golf fairway that made the flying problem one of speed and not of distance travelled the airplane selected for its wing camber and span that gave it a low landing speed and good sustentation was not fast the amphibian was even more slow distance to cover seventy miles larry pondered our best speed jeff said once was about seventy miles an hour the fib does sixty top he made his calculation no leeway to get to the hangar sandy might barely because he was on the track team last school term that is our only chance but at that it will be nip and tuck no air race can give the thrill of other forms of speed competition as does the horse race the motorboat or sailing race the track meet or the automobile speedway contests the distance is too great to permit spectators to observe it the ships scatter seek different elevations or in other ways fail to keep that close formation which makes of the hundred-yard dash such a blood-stimulating incident the automobile contest generally follows a course where watchers have vantage points for gathering the sailboats or motorcraft can be accompanied or seen through marine glasses to air pilots of course there is plenty of excitement it is their skill their ability to take advantage of every bit of tailwind their power to get the utmost of safe go out of engine 
wings and tail assembly that keeps them alert and decides the outcome so it was in larry's race with dick sandy and the caretaker it could not be watched or followed but to the occupants of the ship it was a thrilling competition with the mystery element adding zest and when with a fair tailwind aiding him larry shot the improvised field of the ninth fairway making sure of cost of one complete circuit that no one was there playing the thrill for them was not over sandy caught larry's idea even before the airplane had taxied to its place close to the original take-off i'm off cried sandy coat flung aside collar ripped away as he leapt fleetly along the soft turf not waiting to observe his progress dick and larry busied themselves getting the airplane tail around into the same position it had originally occupied the engine had long before been stopped from the air to an observer who had no idea that his craft had been used all should seem natural larry decided as he and dick with sandy's discarded garments and with the caretaker ruefully grumbling chose a place of concealment already the drone of the amphibian came from the shore side of the field and in a low quick swing followed by a zooming departure jeff and mr whiteside passed overhead now larry remarked it's up to sandy yep dick agreed and it will be a close thing for him if he does grunted the caretaker for the answer they had to wait till dark End of chapter 26